So I'm Steph, one of the pastors here. It's my beautiful wife, Davina. And, uh, she, yeah, she's great. And, um, we, we've kind of been just feeling for a little while now that when we get to this passage in our Ephesians series, uh, that we'll, that we'll, we'll share it. We'll do this one together. Cause it's the, it's the, it's Ephesians chapter five <clears throat> on marriage. So just a bit of an intro, just so those of you that haven't been t- tracking with us, uh, know where we're up to in, in the letter. We're, we're getting towards the end of the letter of Ephesians now. And Paul is beginning to talk about what, what, what life looks like when you're filled with the Holy Spirit. So this is what the, ho- the Spirit-filled life looks like. Um, we looked at... Ah! <laughs> Not necessarily. There's more to it than that, all right? But there are definitely those moments. Um, so <laughs> one of the things we looked at last week in terms of the Spirit-filled life is, 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 is Thanksgiving and a singing to the Lord with our whole heart. And we spent time, didn't we, singing over one another, singing hymns and psalms and spiritual songs. Um, and then he goes on and he, he says uh, in Ephesians uh, chapter 5, um, maybe we'll read it through now. So he, he says, how are we doing? Are we cool with the, with the slides? Great, thanks. So, so he's just said, giving thanks always and for everything to God, the, the Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. So before we go any further... He's about to talk about three different relationships. The relationships that would have been the primary house relationships in this part of the world at this time. And he's talking about um, submission um, and authority. That's what he's talking about. So, um, And he's saying that part of the spirit-filled life is that you learn how to flow well and relate well to authority. Um, which is, is a big one for our culture. We'll get into that as we do the sermon today. But that, so, so what follows next in verse 22, it may be in your Bible, separated with a heading. That heading is not really there in the scripture. There's no separation. So he's unpacking. This is what it looks like. This is one of the ways it looks like to submit to one another. Here we go. We'll carry on from verse 22. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its saviour. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever heated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ does the church, because we are members of his body. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is profound, and I'm saying that it refers to Christ and the church. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. So this is a cultural minefield today, so you're going to need to listen carefully. Okay? There's so many ways you could understand or misunderstand this that it's one of those sermons where it really, it really is important that you listen carefully. I'm going to pray, ask the Lord to help us understand what he's saying and to just keep us from getting the wrong end of the stick. Sometimes we can get the wrong end of the stick because of spiritual things. Okay? It's just a spiritual matter. So it's important that we pray and ask the Lord to really help us understand. So... Maybe just hold hands and pray together. Lord, we just want to commit this time to you and commit that as we speak, you'd really um, help us to speak wisely as uh, representing you, Lord. Mm. 
please help us. This is a, this is a big deal. And so we do want to just commit ourselves to offer our members as instruments of righteousness and say, Lord, please use us. We pray for all those who are listening. Yeah. Pray for grace to hear what you are saying. Yeah. I pray for protection from um, protection that could be rooted in all kinds of different things. Lord, protection from uh, false ideas, um, protection from fears, um, protection from um, troubling images that m- might be associated with this stuff, protection from experiences in the past that seem to be this but aren't this i just pray lord keep us very safe during this time so we get to the place where you want us to go which is always life to the full in jesus name we pray Amen. amen 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 okay so just to say so um the best way to understand this passage when you're thinking about headship and submission is this image here which is not as bright as i'd like it but we're going to just show you an image here um now what what you can probably see is jesus there on the cross that's headship okay in this passage um this is that that is headship there you have um a, a woman kneeling at the foot of the cross which some of you may not be able to see that submission so you want to know what headship and submission is about um, that that picture that that image is the exposition of this passage okay so that's that's the plumb line that's where you've always got to go back to when you say it, it does headship if it looks like that then that's a good that's a good and healthy expression of headship um if it looks like this this is a good and healthy expression of submission so together it's a it's it's the gospel so that's the idea okay so some people say that a picture speaks a thousand words there you go please keep that in your mind as we go through um the content today i'm going to define a headship here this is a, a male headship in marriage in this partnership of equals the husband has god-given authority and responsibility to set the tone in the marriage of sacrificial love costly service and laying down his life daily for his wife in order that through his selfless christ-like love she might be beautified and glorified it has nothing to do with superiority ability or dominance just give you a minute to digest that okay just to have a i'll read it once more in this partnership of equals the husband has god-given authority and responsibility to set the tone in the marriage of sacrificial love costly service and laying down his life daily for his wife in order that through his selfless christ-like love she might be beautified and glorified it has nothing to do with superiority ability or dominance so we see that Headship is an entrustment of spiritual authority from God for a task that is given to a husband. The task is to beautify and glorify my wife. The means through which I do that task are sacrificial love, costly service, laying down my life for her daily. Davina. Thank you. Okay. So I'm going to um, look at what submission is. So it'd be nice to have that image uh, back up there if we can. Here we go. What is, what is submission? Just like um, anything to do with the kingdom, anything to do with following Christ, it's always about the heart. Um, we can do and we can say all the right things, but if the heart isn't involved, then it may not be genuine. And, uh, so yeah, I just want to start with, it's a matter of the heart. And, um, before we walked down the aisle, before we said, I do, before we got the engagement ring on the finger, we, we needed to have settled 
in our hearts and in our minds that we were going to do all that we can so that our husbands would flourish in his God-given role of headship and leadership, that we would um, organize, um, recognize that God... I better put these glasses on, hadn't I? Aren't they cute? I, I love these glasses. I can't see out there, but Aww. I can see here. There we go, that's better. In them. Ooh, right, let's get rid of the nerves. Okay, so it is... Uh, that we settle uh, in our hearts and in our minds that God has organized our marriages um, to work best if the husband is allowed to have godly authority over us. Um, and that we have this attitude of, I'm going to pour out myself for my husband's completion, that I will do anything so that my husband can fulfill all that he's meant to in God. Um, one of, uh, a commentary that I read by, um, I didn't read the whole commentary actually. Uh, anyway, there's a guy called Chapel and he says, it is the sacrificing of self to make a relationship and those in it whole. Do my actions, words and attitudes, is it up there? Um, enable my husband to lead my family to a better knowledge of God. Do we do all that we can? With our prayers, our thoughts, our actions, our words, our resources, so that, our, uh, so that we bring God's grace and power more fully to our husbands. If we don't, if we go, uh, if we remain silent, if we hold back our gifts, our resources, our energy, we leave our husbands vulnerable. Um, do I carry on? Yeah. Do I go on to? Um, yes, I do. Um, do I do that bit now? I don't know. What, uh, no, I, it's me now. Okay, so I think so. What? You, what sorry, guys. Cause it's really smooth, we well on machine. We haven't practiced this. <laughs> we have a little uh, bit. Uh, I'm going to carry on. Are you still on. doing that? Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, let's carry on. Okay, right. So um, I'd say that um, submission, it's a matter of the heart and it's ongoing. It's not just a one-off decision. Um, so situations may change. The culture you're in may change. Your circumstances may change. The season of life that you're in may change. So your behaviors might change. But what um, you've settled is that you are going to pour out yourself for your husband's um, um, ability so that he can um, flourish as a leader. And um, an example of that is uh, nearly 10 years ago, I think, uh, God really clearly called Seth to move up to North London and start this church. And um, the, the call was very clear, and it was to Steph. I didn't hear the word. Uh, I didn't hear anything from God. Uh, God didn't speak to the kids. But because our um, my, my attitude was, well, I'm going to um, let Steph uh, lead our family into um, the great things that God's got for us, um, I willingly submit. submit. So we come up here and at that point I was um, a full-time mum. I had three kiddies. Uh, You know, I was, my life revolved predominantly around the home and around Steph. Um, Now, 
um, submission, it's still ongoing. Um, things have changed circumstantially for, for me. Um, full-time mum, full-time wife, uh, part-time job. So, uh, you know, Steph's doing, uh, the housework. He's helping me with the ironing. He's, um, hanging out the washing, you know, getting the kids to school. Uh, but my attitude, my heart ha- hasn't changed. I'm still, submitting to Steph in his leadership. It's ongoing. Submission, it's a matter of the heart, and it's not about comparing uh, or copying. Um, So, you know, one wife's submission uh, may look very different from another wife's submission. Um, You can have um, uh, a, a a career uh, wife, uh, she's got a demanding job, she's working all the hours, uh, but she's settled before Christ and before her husband that um, who she's about and that she's, she's um, there to support her husband and to see him um, um, really go for all that God's got for him as the leader um, compared to a housewife, uh, she's at home with her kids, and she may be bitter and twisted uh, and secretly resenting the fact that um, that her husband is called to be the head of the home. Um, so, you know, we've got to be very careful. It's always about the heart. Um, submission, it's about the heart and um, and it lifts our vision. Um that image of sacrifice, it's not there now, but that image of um, sacrificial marriage, um, you, you can't do sacrifice um, in and of yourself. You, you, need, you need some Holy Spirit power. You need Jesus. You need the one who paid the ultimate sacrifice, who knows how to sacrifice to help us so that we can do um, um, to love sacrificially. So it, it lifts our vision off of ourselves and onto Christ. And, um, and, and I just want to say, sometimes I'm a little bit nervous about compatibility, uh, tests and, um, uh, love languages. You know, you, you get those sorted and you'll have the perfect marriage, uh, because why am I nervous? Because it, it, um, you can, um, it, it, it could be that you're, your emphasis is on you've got to fill my emotional tank. You've got to give me all of these things and then we will have um, a, a great marriage. You know, uh, give me the red wine, the double cream, the dark chocolate, uh, the you know Lucy, like. the Lucy up or down, the, you know, the toothpaste squeezed in the middle, the bottom at the end, you know. Uh, if, if we rely upon... Um, if I rely upon Steph meeting my needs, we're going to become very narrow, very mean, very selfish, very inward focused. Um, it'll be just a really joyless marriage. Our marriages um, lift our vision onto Christ, but our marriages should um, shout of how Christ will do anything for his people and his people will do anything for Christ. Do I move on? I do now. You do. Yeah. Go for it. So we're going to just do a few little reasons why why this is so hard. Just little quick thoughts as why it's so hard. I've got a few. Then Davina's got a few. One is is that in our culture we tend to be um, preoccupied with our rights. Now, obviously, human rights in terms of legislation and law are really important and really good and protect people from abuses and stuff. But it can go into a different mode whereby you're just thinking about what my rights are. It doesn't. That is not the right mentality for a sacrificial marriage because you end up just standing on the things that you think you deserve the whole time rather than saying, how can I give myself to you? How can I 
how can I um, play my part in beautifying, glorifying you um, for my wife? So that's why one reason why it's hard. Another one is the whole thing of authority. Authority is quite a dirty word in our culture. Um, again, because of lots of abuses, so you understand why. You hear awful stories of parental authority going wrong, religious authority going wrong, educational authority, pe- people in positions of power abusing it. You can um, understand that. And often now people... People perceive authority in terms of punishment and oppression instead of protection and liberation, which is what it's for. Authority is for protection and, and for liberation and safety. It's not for punishment and oppression. Um, um, and again, you know, I think the whole thing of authority is that anything that might encroach upon my life, it's my life, anything that might encroach upon that in any way that might um, be a threat to my sovereignty, my freedoms, Again, we really struggle with that in this part of the world, but it's the antithesis to Christian sacrifice, which is that actually we believe that through, through laying our life down for Christ and, and relevant others in our lives that we'll come into life to the full, that we'll come into true freedom, that that's the road to freedom, rather than just getting all I can for myself, which is actually the road to slavery. So it's again just renewal of the mind. And the final one is fear and laziness, though, I guess two in one, really. <laughs> um, headship and submission both require immense courage, both require immense courage and immense effort um, and um, you know our sinful fears and our laziness will want to avoid both of those things so there's a few reasons why they find it hard Davina's got a few reasons um, to okay. um, perhaps we don't want to submit uh, because when we hear the word submit we think of just a set of rules um, we think that we've just got to um, obey these and uh, if we do our marriages will be soulless contractual uh, just partnerships um, we're just given a list from above and if we don't complete them then you know we'll be controlled or we'll be controlling um, we've got to remember that um, when we when we said I do we were saying I do to our best friend um, not to a set of rules um, that when we decided we wanted to marry them, that we were marrying um, a person that God gave to us, uh, that we wanted to be with them for the rest of our lives, um, and that we were attracted to them. They weren't some faceless, character, um, characterless being that wanted to crush and dominate us. Um, when, when we hear the word submission, and submit. We really must have a biblical view of that word and, and, and be careful because, you know, the world, the tabloid, the press, they, 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 they make it sound, you know, yeah, dirty. They make it sound, you know, it's, it's something you, you wouldn't want to give yourself to. We, we want everything in the world for our husbands to be blessed, surely, you know, so um, it, it's not a set of rules. Um, and another reason why um, uh, we, we may not want to um, submit is because it's been modelled really badly. There we go. <laughs> this is uh, Stefan Devine in the early days of their marriage. <laughs> Can you see that bit of wrestling there? <laughs> but uh, Steph has been, you know, <laughs> he's got me in some sort of headlock. Thanks, Andy uh, Cthulhu. We yeah. appreciate your efforts. <laughs> if you want any wedding photography done, go to him. He's great. Um, yeah, so it may be that y- y- you've come across just just marriage modelled badly. 
headship and submission just done wrong. You might, you might have been brought up in an environment where the wife has just been withering away under ungodly headship. And so, because you don't want that in your marriage, you'll try to restrict your husband's um, influence or you'll restrict or limit or control their scope for headship. We, we don't want to be held captive to our pasts. We don't want to be um, paralyzed or stuck in a rut of um, ungodliness. We need to go to Christ to help us. Um, 1 Peter 1, 18, I'll just paraphrase it, um, just says how um, it's not with material things that, um, that uh, things in our past are, are broken, but it's with the precious blood of Christ, his perfect sacrifice, that undoes the empty ways handed down to us from our ancestors. We want to embrace Christ's resurrection power in our lives and marriages and live free from unhelpful things from the past. Um, Another reason why we may just not want to submit is because it's just plain old unfashionable. I don't know if we've got the... um, if, if you're a Christian from a society where the prevailing culture is one of revenge then faith for that Christian in that particular culture will be um, most difficult uh, around repentance and forgiveness. If you're from a culture, if you're a Christian from a culture where the the dominating um, feel is one of one-upmanship, then the struggle for that Christian will be um, around preferring one another, putting each other first, considering others more highly than yourself. If you're a Christian from a culture where deception and lying is valued above honesty and truth and they're considered weak, um, then reading the truth, believing the truth and speaking the truth will be particularly difficult for that Christian. And it just, it's just the same for us. In, in our culture, it's, it's just such a mishmash. Um, our, our culture is just chipping away at the, the high value of good authority. It's a, a post-feminist um, culture. It has blurred, it, it prizes blurred gender lines. And, and so it, just, it, it is just difficult and it's just unfashionable to, to say headship or leadership and submission. But just like Christians all around the world, Christians up and down this country, we have to pick up our crosses and, uh, and follow Christ. And for us, the question is, will we submit or won't we? Um, shall I carry on? Yeah. Okay. So if we have verses, uh, so, uh, Ephesians five verses 21 and 22 up. Okay. So, um, submit to, uh, one another out of reverence to Christ. Wives submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. And, uh, the, why should we submit? We should submit because it's just worship. Um, looking at these, at the ends of these two verses, out of reverence to the Lord, um, as you do to the Lord, um, when we do uh, these things, we are worshipping um, our Saviour. We're essentially saying that he is God and we're not, that he knows best and we don't, that we're acknowledging that he's the creator and we aren't. His ways are higher and unfathomable and mysterious and the whole earth belongs to him. And we're his children and he knows how best to care for us because he's our loving, caring, kind, generous father who's all powerful, all seeing, all knowing and knows just what we need, how we need it and when we need it. So we submit out of worship. 
Um, and when I look over uh, Ephesians chapter one, this can um, just fuel um, our motivation for worship because he's blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing. He's chosen us before the creation of the world. He's adopted us into sonship. Um, he's redeemed us. He's rescued. He's ransomed. He's, he's renewing us. We have the stamp of, of approval by the Holy Spirit. So we're safe. We're loved. We're cared for. We're protected by God. The list goes on and on and on as to why we should submit and why we can submit. The mark of a, a worshipping Christian wife, the mark of a spirit filled, Bible believing, Jesus following Christian wife submits submits to her husband because she's submitting to the Lord out of worship to him just because that is what God has asked her to do then we get on to verse 23 and verse 23 is an interesting verse because it doesn't tell the, the man what to do at this point it does later notice that he said to the woman submit in verse 23 which um yeah sorry it's not that it's not that slide sorry there's no slide to see at this point my bad it says for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its saviour. It's just a statement of spiritual reality. Okay? It's not, talking, it's not telling the husband to do anything. It's saying this. The husband is the head of the wife. So even if you don't agree with it, it's still true. <laughs> even if as a couple you decide we're not going to do it that way, well, fine, it's still true. Now, again, because of the world we live in, we tend to think if I decide it, it's true. Well, it's not the case. There is, there is absolute truth, ultimate reality in God's word. And God says the husband is the head of the wife. So, so the issue isn't, are we going to do this? It's, are we going to do it well? <laughs> because it's every married couple on the planet, the husband is the head. It's just what God has said. Um, and this, this is a correct exposition of this verse. This is not some peculiar thing to the Ephesians. This is clearly being rooted in the gospel. It transcends anything cultural. It's, it is spiritual reality. Now, when we understand what headship and submission is, then that's cool. But when we don't, and when we have all these struggles and strivings in ourselves, we can be tempted to just say, I'm not going to engage with this. The problem is, is you're not ga- engaging with something that's actually true. Um, and that never leads to fruitfulness. It just leads to a strange kind of vacuum where you then try to kind of work it out your own way. Um, this is a good and a positive thing. It's, it, like I said in, at the start, it's nothing to do with dominance. We associate that word with that. That's the curse. That's not the gospel. It's laying down your life. Yeah, it's nothing to do with abilities. It's nothing to do with superiority. Those things we associate with it. So we say, ah, no, no, don't, whatever you do, m- wrongly define the word. And then once you've wrongly defined it, decide whether or not you're going to embrace it. Rightly define the word. What's it about? Remember the image. It's laying down your life. It's authority to set the tone of this relationship by laying down your life. That is correct. Well-functioning headship. But it is authority. It is authority. It's God-given and it's there. And so we, we do need to reckon with it and just make sure that we understand it is there. It's part of part of the deal okay Davina verse 24 okay so now at this verse 24 now as the church submits to Christ so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything Paul writes that just as the church so should we and and I want to look at the benefits of um, submission Um, I, I was quite struck with 
wow, there's a lot of stuff out there that I haven't realized um, as uh, it's going to be beneficial to our marriage if I submit. And um, so we'll, we'll look at those. Um, O'Brien. O'Brien, he's another writer. Um, uh, he says, Christ's headship is expressed in his care, nourishment and leadership of the church to fulfill God's divine power. And he also set purpose purpose sorry and god also uh, he also says god has graciously placed everything under christ's feet and caused him to be head over all for the benefit of the church in chapters one and three um paul prays extraordinary things for the church um as the church is willing as the church willingly allows christ to be the head the church will know christ better is it up there mm. Okay, I'll just carry on. Um, the church will know the hope according to the glorious inheritance, which is the church's, which has been called to. The church will experience great, sorry, greatness for far above every rule, authority and power because God has placed everything under Christ's feet for the sake of the church. Because the church allows Christ to be the head, the church may grasp how wide, how long, how high, how deep is the love of Christ that goes beyond knowledge. The benefits and blessings and gifts that the church receive are enormous. And so also it is with us. Could it be that our marriages will have access to, um, this is verse 17, it will be given uh, the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that we may know our husbands better. Verse 18, um, that um, our marriages, that the eyes of our heart may be enlightened so that we may know the hope to which God has called our marriages. And also our marriages would experience the riches of God's glorious inheritance as we submit. Verses 19 and 20, as a couple, we would walk in God's incomparable, infinite, extraordinary strength. And our marriages would be filled with resurrection power. So things that, that, have, um, that we've sort of given up in our marriages, things that we've considered dead or lifeless, we could know God's death-defying spirit bringing life to us. Verse 21, as we um, submit, our marriages would be above every evil power, every evil name, every evil um, authority and rule and dominion. Um, in chapter 3, verse 16, um, our marriages, at the core of our marriages, we would have power so that Christ would dwell richly. There'd be the fragrance and the presence of Christ um, with us. That our marriages would grasp in every dimension the width, the length, the height, the depth of his love. But not only um, Christ and our marriages, but also between us, between me and my husband, that we'd experience and know our husband's heart language. We'd be surrounded by our husband's sacrificial love in such a profound way that our marriages would, um, would make people just uh, scratch their heads in wonder. We want rich, mature, dynamic marriages that shout God's rule, love, reign, power, hope and glory. And I'd say that one of the keys to this is submission. Great. Yeah. So husbands, <laughs> you're not going to get off the hook. <laughs> to love your wife is to give yourself up for her. Now you can do that out of fear and it goes wrong. I've seen husbands do this. I think there have been moments in our own marriage where I've given myself up between them. But it's been out of fear, not love. It's not been out of a sense of, um, it's been driven by a kind of a, I don't want to get this wrong. 
I don't want to make a mistake. And that doesn't, that doesn't bless. That's not what we're being spoken about here. Jesus doesn't fear the church. He loves the church. Um, but when it's done out of love, then it goes right. When it's done out of a place of peace and love and wanting what's best for my wife, then it goes right. If it's out of fear, then Davina's not going to be beautified by that. In fact, if I do it out of fear, I'm actually leaving her vulnerable to her own sinful tendencies. I'm leaving her vulnerable to the things that she's trying to, you know, grow out of in Christ. So it's really important that I don't do that. And the logic in the text is pretty straightforward. Think about how you love yourselves, husbands. It's an assumption (laughs) that you love yourself. Um, Paul assumed that the men in the church that were married did. He says, he says, right, um, now, in the way that you love and treat yourself, treat your wife, which is interesting because it means that firstly, you've got to learn how to love yourself appropriately. There's an inappropriate self-love, which all of us battle with selfishness, just wanting the easy way out. That is not the right. That's a self-love the Bible condemns. There's a good sort of self-love where you don't neglect yourself. You don't harm yourself in a kind of a, I guess, sort of um, perverse, dark way, but you look after yourself. So it's important that you do learn to do that. It's something that I had to come through on as a husband after early early months of marriage. We had a few conversations with Divine. I don't really said to me, I don't really think you look after yourself. And she was right. She was right. And something that the Lord had to bring me through was kind of like a self-loathing kind of thing, unhealthy stuff. And so the Lord taught me how to properly look after myself because that then reflects on how obviously I look after her. That's what the passage says in that's what Paul is saying. Husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. So there's this nourishing divina with a, with a gospel-saturated life. There's this making sure that she's not in some sort of vacuum, looking for engagement in gospel things, you know, thinking you know, that she's always having to do all the running. It seems to be fairly common in lots of Christian marriages for wives to feel somewhat frustrated at times that it feels there's a vacuum, there's a... There's, there's, there's not much proactive stuff coming and it can leave a wife feeling incredibly frustrated, fed up, <laughs> sometimes insecure. Um, because actually what, what we want is this mutually dynamic relationship, don't we? That's what a good marriage looks like, where everyone's bringing all they've got to the table. So it's not, it's not, it's not about husbands should be doing it all at all. But it's just that there's a call from God on husbands to, to set the tone. Um, that's all it is. It's not about, oh, the husband should do all, all, all those things. It's one way street. That's distorted. That's horrible. That's ugly. That is not it at all. But it's simply saying, husbands, just set the tone. Get this thing going. Demonstrate, demonstrate through who you are that this is what you want for your family, for your wife, and all of the rest of it. This is, this is what he's saying. Express it. Um, Invade the atmosphere of your home with gospel reality, with humility, with thankfulness, with joy. Show that you cherish her. Model yourself on Jesus. It's really, really simple. It just takes everything you've got. But it's not really complicated. Be like Jesus. Play your role in this marriage that you are in. Now, the exact permutations are probably as many as there are couples. Because how that looks in detail, as, as Davina said, it, there's so much variety. But there's a heart cry of saying, I am going to play my role of Jesus in this marriage and pour myself out for this woman, for her beautification and glorification. And God really, really honours that. And one other thing to just say before we begin to wrap it up is make sure you leave your parents, men, 
If you get married, make sure you leave them in heart. Otherwise, you can end up bringing expectations of what your mum was like to your wife. It's a different person. didn't marry your mum. So it's unfair to expect your wife to, I don't know, you know, when I was ill, my mum would come and mop my brow. <laughs> you know, you, you're not a boy anymore. You're a man. You left home. You left your folks. You're a man. Got married. And so, actually, you leave so that you can cleave. You can't cleave if you haven't left. It's always lifelong honouring of parents, but there has to be this heart leaving so that you can cleave with all of your heart to your wife. And she'll know that and feel that in her heart, and it will bring immense security and, and safety to that relationship. So Paul sums up by saying, he says, Let each one of you love his wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. Now, there should be mutual love and mutual respect. But there's an emphasis. There's something Paul is saying. A wife needs to know that she is deeply loved by her husband. Um, she needs to know the sacrificial love of her husband. She needs to see that, that, that us husbands, Devine needs to see that I love her in the same way that I love myself. She needs to see that I'm putting her before myself. She needs to know that I will lay down my life for her, not just in the dramas of life, in the details of life. It's different. I could say, well, you're doing, you know, if a car was coming, I would, I would, I would throw you out of the way and, yeah, great. It's good. But what about when something needs doing around the home and I can't be bothered? Yeah, it's in the details of life, not just the dramas. Um, she needs to see Christ in her husband. A husband needs respect. Um, he needs to know that his wife thinks and speaks highly of him. Um, he needs to see that she's, she willingly offers him prestige in her heart. I need to know that what, what is the hardest thing for me if I ever start thinking that Davina is thinking of me in a, in a way that is kind of um, derogatory or kind of dismissive. It's very, very damaging if I ever think that's what's going on. I need to know that, that she's in, genuine in her heart. Uh, respect to me um that when she brings correction or when she disagrees which you know this is of course it's all part of how a healthy marriage works she does so in a way that empowers me rather than belittles me um that she happily brings her manifold gifts her 360 perspective that i haven't got um to help me and not hinder me um that she's truly for me in the deepest possible way that means so much it, it completes me yeah, it completes me because, as we often say, when you become, when you get married, you become involuntarily, you become voluntarily incomplete. Before you're married, of course, you are complete as an unmarried person. But when you become married, you say, "Okay, we're going to find completion in one another." To sum up, wives and husbands, you have to be patient. This is something you grow into. <laughs> Um, you have to be gracious, nagging, sulking, pressurizing, sniping, disrespecting, disengaging will not help your spouse. Grace gives space, okay? So the kind of marital environment where you feel your spouse is breathing down your neck is not conducive to transformation. It's pressure. You're not to play the role of the Holy Spirit in your spouse's life. He will do that. You don't have to. It's deadly. It takes time to grow mature in these things. Enjoy the journey. Uh, give lots and lots of honour to one another. Wives, take time to find out what respect looks like to your husband. Ask him. Say, what, what, what do you think? What does it look like? How can I show respect to you? Husbands, take time to find out what love looks like to your wife. Ask him. 
Um, you won't know unless you ask her. Um, and if she's a good wife, she won't expect you to be a mind reader. Uh, <laughs> in us obeying this model of marriage, our marriage plays its part in the transcendent romance of the universe, Christ and his church. All of us married and unmarried are in the same way, but with different emphasis pointing towards the devotion between Christ and the church. So if you're a married person, in that, if you're in that season of life, then through the marriage you're pointing towards the gospel. You're pointing to, by the way, I lay down my life to be in the submits, we're showing the gospel. If you're, an unmar- if you're an unmarried person, the Bible says, in the way that you devote your, your life in a single-minded way to Christ, without the preoccupations, distractions and anxieties of a relationship, you're demonstrating the gospel. Okay? All of us are doing the same thing. And we're increasingly aware that you know, um, the majority of people in this church are not married. Um, and that is perfectly fine and just as valid before God as being married. If you're a guest here, I want to assure you we don't preach on marriage every week. We preach on marriage because that's where we've got to in the book of Ephesians. Okay, and we want to do it well and make sure we do that. But we are not going to idolize marriage in this church. We're not going to make out it's somehow some state, some state that is superior to not being married. That is not biblical at all and we are looking to develop strong family as a church here in what we do it's really important that we clarify that it's where we've got to and we wanted to do it well we trust and hope that it has uh, helped you informed you stimulated you and not annoyed you too much um what we're not going to do q a because we'd be here all day but if you're part of the church come and find us if you ever want to chat about these things we're really happy to talk with you we won't be prickly defensive or uh, it'll be a very warm and conversation um, Davina will be very exhausted after this, so please don't do that today. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that, won't, that, won't, that won't bless her today. But please do, you know, get in touch and we'll get a coffee or chat and talk about these things because we really want to all grow in this stuff together. Amen.